Let the admonishing commence. This podcast is produced by medical professionals who also have type 1 diabetes. First and foremost, we are two type 1s trying to spread the word about life with diabetes. Please don't go off and do anything we discuss without first talking to your own diabetes care provider. Because it works for us doesn't mean it'll work for you. Sometimes it doesn't even work for us. You have been duly admonished. Now sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. Oh, wait, wrong story. How about we just get comfortable and enjoy the ride? Welcome to That One Type Podcast. My name is Tim, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Tisha, and our wonderful sound guy, Trevor. And today we're going to be talking about that nasty complication of retinopathy and what it is and what it involves and how it's treated and how you can prevent it and, you know, all those things that go along with complications. So, um, first off, uh, Tisha, do you get your eyes dilated every year and have the doctor check them out? Every year. Okay, excellent. I look forward to it. You look forward to it. Okay, um, that's one of my scariest, my scariest visits of the year uh, is the retinologist um, or the ophthalmologist. Uh, even optometrists are doing it now. Um, I prefer to see the ophthalmologist, but in New Mexico, that's not an option. So you don't see the ophthalmologist unless you have a problem. But the guy I just saw couple months ago did a great job and said I didn't have any problems uh, other than the ones that already exist and I do have retinopathy. Uh, I've had retinopathy since uh, about 2000 um, and I can tell you it was the scariest diagnosis that I've gotten short of uh, kidney failure and I don't have that one and I don't look forward to that one ever. Um, but I went to have um, my general visit with the regular doctor and said, hey, I've got this floater in my right eye. Just a little black spot bothers the hell out of me, but other than that, no pain, no vision problems. And he said, well, you know what that means, right? I said, yeah, I know. I've got to go to the eye doctor. He said, yep. So I went to see the optometrist and uh, he did his exam and came back in and said, uh, you need to go see Dr. Wong. I said, who's that? He said, well, he's the retinologist. Why? Well, because you need to see the retinologist. And he wouldn't tell me. So a week later, I went to see Dr. Wong. And uh, he looked in my eyes, did a very dilated retinal exam. Um, and when, when you go and have your exam, do they take the big contact lens and put it in front of your eye with the light? Yeah. Yeah, the big, the big huge lens. one. Yeah, 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 where you look purple afterwards. Yeah, that one. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, we're talking about the same one. Yes. <laughs> um, it's 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 huge. It's like this, and about that thick. And it's a contact. lens. Well, it's not a contact lens. It's a big magnifying, but they put it in front of your eye. That he's got a light uh -huh. that he looks in, and that he can see. They just blind you for. Yeah, a and on top of that, your eyes are dilated. Uh huh. So. So um, you're sensitive to light. Right, you're already sensitive to light, and he's like, you know, keep your eyes open. Uh, and that they can see the whole background of your eye. And this is for fun? No, it's to make sure... I would sure not do this for fun. For fun, no, no. <laughs> it's to make sure that um, you don't have retinopathy, which I will explain to you. Okay. Um, and that's how you can determine it. That's that's how you, you check, and it needs to be done yearly. Um, so he did his thing, and uh, he said, well, um, you're going to go blind. And it's my job to make that 
not happen for as long as possible. Some sobering words. Um, I say 20, so I was 50, I was 33. So sobering words at 33 that you're going to go blind, um, especially being a, a, an amateur photographer and, you know, vision, sight, uh, that's really important. Uh, and so uh, he said, but I, I'm going to do what I can. I said, so what's going on? He said, your left eye is really, really bad. I said, what about the right eye? He says, right eye's fine. Well, what about the little black spot? He says, it's just a floater. Don't worry about it. Huh. But the vision in my left eye was 20-20. I had some vision in my right eye was 20-20. Um, and so if I hadn't had that exam, uh, within months, uh, my vision would have deteriorated uh, drastically, dramatically, uh, and uh, I may have lost it uh, because retinopathy doesn't have any symptoms until it's at the point of we might not be able to save your vision. It happens um, quietly uh, until it hits the edge. And, uh, so it's really important that when you're type 1, and even type 2s, if we got any type 2s listening, um, that you have that annual dilated retinal exam. And, and there are optometrists now that are doing it. Um, they have some fancy new technology machines uh, that are taking retinal images, uh, and uh, so they're able to see uh, the uh, circulation in, in your retina, um, which is at the back of your eyes where everything comes and focuses and how you, you see. Um, so having that dilated retinal exam, or optometrists and ophthalmologists call it a dilated fundal exam, so they refer to it as a DFE, um, your endo or, or whoever's treating your diabetes or your general practitioner may call it a DRE, your dilated retinal exam. Um, I've gotten um, some strange looks from optometrists and ophthalmologists when I refer to it as a DRE. Um, they pretend like they don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so if you, if you want to be like one of the cool kids when you go to see the optometrist, tell them you're there for your dilated fundal exam and they'll be really impressed. Um, <laughs> so... Um, so there's, there's different degrees or types of retinopathy. Um, fortunately, tissue, you don't have any retinopathy, so they're not seeing any um, edema of the macula, so that's the center of the retina. Yeah, no. Um, they're not seeing any um, hemorrhaging of the retina. There's no circulatory hemorrhaging there. They're not seeing any new growth um, from the retina out into the vitreous. The vitreous is that liquidy stuff in your eye. Um, so uh, macular edema um, is caused when the circulation that's in the retina, and the retina is very vascular, it's, it's got a lot of circulation going on there because it's, it, it requires a lot of oxygenation. Uh, so okay. when things require oxygenation, they have a lot of circulation. Uh, so uh, the macula uh, gets swollen when the circulation, the vasculature of the retina starts to leak and that leakage causes swelling in the macula. Um, and symptoms of macular edema is a blurred vision or wavy central vision. So your peripheral vision is fine, but the center of your vision has waves in it. Like you can't clear, like when 
the new TVs don't do this, but the old TVs that were, you know, the old black and white with the tubes, the CRT tubes and things, um, you would have to straighten up the uh, the vertical hold and the horizontal and get the, the image clear. Well, that's what it looks like when you have um, this wavy vision um, in your central site. So if, if you have that, don't think it's anything simple. You need to contact your ophthalmologist like post haste. Um, so don't ignore that. Even if it seems to get better, don't ignore it because it shouldn't be happening to begin with. Uh, colors may appear washed out or different because the macula is the center of your retina and that's where images and vision gets processed uh, before it goes to your brain. So if there's anything interfering with the ability to do that, like the edema, the swelling, uh, your brain's not receiving the right signals. Um, you may have difficulty reading. Uh, so a lot of the times, that's what takes people to the eye doctor. Um, they were able to read the newspaper or their books or whatever, and, and all of a sudden they're not able to focus and get the vision that they had, and so they think, well, I just, I probably need new glasses, or I probably need glasses. Uh, so that takes them to the doctor, which is great. We got them to the doctor, and the doctor was able to uh, look in their eyes and, and uh, determine that they do have macular edema. Um, so macular edema untreated can cause vision loss, severe vision loss, because uh, once it starts down its path and it doesn't get treated, um, it, it can lead to the next type of retinopathy, which is retinal detachment. Um, and so in retinal detachment, the vasculature that's leaking is now um, causing pressure on the retina because the fluid's going into that tissue and it's forcing the retina away from the back of the eye. Um, and if it forces it enough, there's enough fluid, enough pressure, enough leakage, the retina will pull away from the back of your eye. Uh, and yeah, and, and retinal detachment, um, you know it because one, all of a sudden your vision goes black and you have this searing pain in your eye. Um, and that's because your eye is no longer able to process light coming into it. Um, the other thing that can happen uh, in the retinal detachment is um, that vasculature, because your blood sugar is so high um, and it's leaking, it's not oxygenating the retina as well as it should be, um, the vasculature around it will start to grow new vasculature. But that new vasculature is very unstable, and it grows out into the vitreous humor. Um, and in order for uh, what's called proliferative retinopathy uh, to occur, there's a chemical uh, in the eye called uh, VEGF, and that new vasculature uh, binds onto that and grows onto that chemical uh, in the eye, and for the lack of a better word. Um, and the vasculature that's in the retina will continue to leak. It will push the retina away. You'll have new limbs, basically, uh, growing out into uh, the vitreal humor. Uh, and because those new limbs, those fingers, are not stable, they're tortuous, 
when you think of somebody that has, um, uh, goodness gracious, I can't think of the word now. Uh, goodness. So they have the veins in the back of their legs. Yeah. And, and they're just, they're not straight. They're kind of wavy and clumpy. And well, that's what's growing in your eyes. And that's really unstable. Uh, and it will rupture. When it ruptures, it bleeds out into the vitreous hemorrhage, into the vitreous humor. It hemorrhages. Um, and that's what I was experiencing when I went to the eye doctor, uh, was I was having bleeds in my eye. I had these tortuous growths of vasculature in my eye. Um, and I had some macular edema. I didn't have the retinal detachment yet, but my macula was inflamed. Um, I was having you know, all the other things, short of the vision problems, because my vision was 20-20. Uh, but it was, it was working towards being an issue had I not gone to the eye doctor. Um, <clears throat> so we talked about this um, vitriol hemorrhage and this leakage on the retina. Uh, and so how do we how do we fix that problem? Well, there's several things that we can do. Um, there's laser therapy for one. There's um, spot laser therapy uh, where you don't have a severe case. You only have maybe 10, 20 things that need to be dealt with. And they just go in with a focused laser uh, and zap them. They cauterize them, basically. Um, and that stops the growth, stops the inflammation. Uh, it takes about four to six weeks to see uh, results, uh, but it does stop the process. Much like um, we were talking about this this oral, the anti-cavity yeah. stuff. Uh, it stops the process. Stop uh, and it. the laser will do that too. Um, it's painless. Huh. Uh, they put some drops in your eyes and it will numb the surface of your eye. And uh, you look into a machine and you see some bright lights and hear some snapping so. so you're saying all this all that's popping in my head is the final destination movie final, i've never <laughs> yes. watched the final destination movies what happens in final have destination? you watched that one trevor no are you getting the same image <laughs> no no i am now though okay yes. yeah you're welcome so what happens um, in final Final I don't know what de final destination it is it's the movie and um she's at the eye doctor and she's getting her eyes She's getting LASIK done. Okay. <laughs> she dies in the eye machine. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying all that, and that's what comes to mind. Okay. Scary. Uh, yeah. Gives me anxiety. Uh, well, yeah, I can understand the anxiety there. I mean, I, I've been in front of the focal laser machine, um, and uh, but it doesn't hurt. Uh, they put drops in your eyes, and um, mm -hmm. much like when uh, you go and have your eye examined, and they do the glaucoma test, the puff test. Um, you know, they, they put drops in your eyes and they actually put that machine on your eye, but you don't feel it. Um, if you try not to think about the thing sitting on your eye, that's, uh, but with the laser, it's the same thing. It comes right up to your eye and they're, they're snapping away, uh, looking hmm. at the, uh, at the, uh, the places that need to be hit. I mean, basically it's oh, a laser good. gun, really. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're lasering, um, but it doesn't hurt, uh, and it takes care of the problem. Now. Um, there's another type of lasering that they can do called panretinal photocoagulation, or your doctor may call it a PRP. Um, remember I said that the retina is uh, highly oxygenated. And um, so that means that it requires all this vasculature to be there. Well, 
one of the ways to solve the problem is to cut down on the surface that needs oxygen. And so they go in with uh, another type of laser that burns areas of the retina away. Okay. Um, so that that area doesn't require oxygenation any longer. Uh, and so that decreases the demand for oxygen, which decreases the uh, potential for growth of these tortuous um, vasculature limbs, uh, as well as, um, you know, it, it solves part of the problem with the leakage of the, uh, the vasculature that's there. Um, so uh, a PRP is a little more intense and usually, depending on your ophthalmologist, your retinologist that's doing, it's not something that um, an optometrist can do. Um, usually requires them to numb the optic nerve. Um, that is a fun procedure. Um, so to numb the optic nerve, they have to stick a needle in it. The optic nerve is the nerve that comes out the back of your eye into your brain. Oh, that's a big needle. It's a big needle. <laughs> um, and the way they access it, I can see Trevor's thinking the schematics of that going, hmm. A big needle or a very curvy one? Nope. No. Long. Long. And they go in through the back? They go in through the corner of your eye. So. So, like, the little right there the side? Uh, no there's there's too much there's there's bone and stuff there no so they it, it, god bless every retinologist that has ever done it because they put that needle in the space where your eyelids meet so they go just in front there so they don't pierce the eyelid the sweet spot yeah yes uh and push it behind the eye to get to the optic nerve I'd really love to see that injection given. I'm a YouTube rat. There might be somebody that has it, yeah. Um, so, if it's done right, <laughs> if it's done right, once they inject the, um, the anesthetic in, um, your vision just goes black. Blip. Um, I can see that. Yeah, well, as they have now numbed the optic nerve and it's no longer receiving any signals. Um, Notice I said if they've done it right. Are people usually awake for this? Yes. Always? Um, Can you pay extra to not pay? You pay extra. Um, I imagine if you find the right ophthalmologist, but putting you under is more dangerous than doing this procedure. Uh Um, Than doing the, you know, numbing the optic nerve. Um, And so if it goes wrong, um, and I found this out from, my retinopathist, retinologist, excuse me. Um, he says, yeah, well, if I do this right, everything will be fine. I said, well, what could happen? He said, well, there is that chance that um, I inject the needle, I insert the needle into the optic artery, and then I flood it with lidocaine, which will cause you to have a heart attack. Doesn't seem like a luck thing. It is skill. It, it is, is purely yeah. skill. Yeah. Um, Seems like a... And so he, he said, um, I've only experienced it once. He's like, had a patient who needed it. And uh, she said, her husband was sitting out in the waiting room, and she was back here in the chair where you are. And um, I proceeded to, uh, to to perform the, the procedure. And um, he says, I, I hit, the, hit the artery. And, Oops. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, so the next thing the husband knows, here comes the ambulance <laughs> into the waiting room and back into the to the exam rooms. And the next thing he knows, out comes the wife because uh, they were taking her to the hospital because she was having a heart attack. at the doctor. So yeah, yeah, they were at the eye doctor, and now she's going to the hospital because she's having a heart attack. Um, so he said, but it's only ever happened once, and he's done it for 30 years. And, um, that's why they have the waivers. And that's why they have, too. exactly, that's why you have the waivers. And if but you he didn't read the have waiver, to tell you that. We had that kind of relationship. Oh, okay. So. Most, if you're pretty close with your doctor, you see them regularly. Yeah. They open up a lot. Yeah. So they're um, so like, oh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's hope you get it right this time, and and, and he did. Uh, and weird, weird, weird um, sensation because um, your left. Well, I had it done in my right eye, so your left eye is seeing just fine, and all of a sudden there's this curtain that comes down over your right eye. <laughs> now you have no vision whatsoever, um, and. Then they go and they put you in the chair and they burn away your retina. Uh, I'm like, ooh. Okay. Did it smell weird? No, 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 because no, it's in your eyes. It's in the back well, of your eye. There's no, there's, there's well, no gas. Well, dentistry smells it. weird. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but they literally burn it away, but there's no oxygen exchange there. Um, so those are the things they can do up to the need for a vitrectomy. And so I... Fortunately, you know, I rolled the dice and I, I won the vitrectomy prize. Um, in a vitrectomy, uh, they go in, and I don't know if you know how they do um, the Coley laparoscopies, so where they don't cut you open to take your, your gallbladder out, but they use, they blow your stomach up and they go in with an arm and go get your, your um, and the gallbladder. Arm. Yeah, it's a robotic arm. It's a robotic, yeah. Like through, the cool things on Grey's Anatomy. Through your belly button. Oh. Yeah. No, no, I didn't know about that. Okay, well, yeah, so um, they can do that. And that's usually how they do it now when you need to have your your gallbladder or even your appendix. Or, as long as they're not doing exploratory, if they need to go in and get something. Um, so what they'll do is they'll um, they'll put three Little things into you and blow your belly up. So that's a balloon, basically. And then pop it. No. No, they, <laughs> yes, don't, they don't pop they it. They do. Um, <laughs> with an arm. And then they go in through your belly button. Because, uh-huh. you know, that that's actually an opening. They, they go in through your belly button, and they go up and grab your your uh, gallbladder, come back and take it out. And then they, um, they release the gas, and your belly goes down. And um, you have back pain and, and farts for the next three days. Because gas has got to go somewhere. <laughs> Um, so the reason I say that is because it's pretty similar to you don't fart out your belly button, do you? No. Okay. Good. No, no, no. Natural farts not your okay. So um, your body will absorb that gas, but it goes into your colon. <laughs> okay. um, but the procedure looks a lot like that for the retractive retractive procedure looks a lot like that, except they're doing it to your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they do is they go in and um, they suck out all the fluid in there, which contains scar tissue and all these tortuous vessels. Uh, and then while they're in there, they do a pan-retinal photocoagulation. They do the PRP. They go in and they just burn out the retina so that it doesn't have that vascular need. Um, and then they fill it back up. And uh, you're, you're good to go. Uh, you hope. 
interestingly, I was awake for part of it um, because I do have sleep apnea and it was interfering with the surgery because now I was unconscious and I'm snoring. Uh, and you have this microsurgery, <laughs> the slightest shake could be an issue. Um, so he had to bring me back. Um, uh, so I was awake for the last half of it, uh, which was kind of interesting. I, mean, I didn't feel it. My optic nerve was was dead. And, um, and then of the eye, and the, the exterior eye, too. Um, so I didn't feel any of it. But uh, I do remember the... Uh, the anesthesiologist giving me just a little too much, and I go, bring you back, <laughs> back off, and I'd wake up. Um, so that that's the most severe thing uh, of, of what they can do. Uh, the other thing they can do is um, use a, chem, uh, a chemo agent, basically called a Vastin, um, and they inject literally inject that into the eye. That's not around the eye. That's actually into the eye. And what does that do? So Avastin is an anti-VEGF compound. So remember we talked about VEGF is that chemical in the vitreous that the, the new growth likes to grow onto. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Avastin, and, and it is considered a chemo agent, um, destroys that VEGF or, or prevents it from forming so that even if you your eye wanted to grow this stuff, it can't because there's nothing there for it to grow onto. Um, and so that that's probably in the last ten years, um, Avastin's been in use, and it's it's very popular uh, with ophthalmologists uh, trying to uh, treat without um, doing a vitrectomy because the vitrectomy is invasive. Um, there are risks and. Um, but the Avastin is not a one and done. You have to have multiple injections of that. Uh, and so if you're even the slightest bit anxious or um, not really into that, uh, it's something you have to do multiple times. And just, I mean, you, you don't feel it, but just that thought of somebody sticking a needle in your eye um, is, uh, it can. Um, I assume you'd have to be more afraid of losing your vision then of needles, one of those yeah. kinds of things where one outweighs the other. Surprisingly, there are people that are like, nope, not going to stick a needle in my eye. I believe it. And, you know, I, I understand that. Um, you know, I, when, when he told me what um, I was going to need to have done, um, me being the moron that I am, went home and looked it up online. Um, I would have looked it up when I got to my car. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when, when I had it, we didn't have that capability. We had to wait till you got home. We, oh. we, we, didn't, we didn't have computers in our hands. Uh, we did have the internet, but you had to wait till you got home. Um, and I looked it up, and I went, absolutely freaking not, not having this procedure whatsoever. Uh, there was a guy that um, was f- literally friends with his uh, retinologist, and he let him film procedure mm. uh, uh, not happening um, needless mm. to say it happened um, so when I was in the office for the, the the second PRP he said that you know we need to do a PRP um, in the right eye and he started in with what we need to do and all that and I said um, how come I don't remember this on the last eye well because you were unconscious and that's when I asked that question 
can I be unconscious again? <laughs> he said, it, it, it'll be over before you know it. Said, That's what I'm afraid of. Um, so um, he did that, and, and the, the PRP was fine. Um, it was pretty intense. It was 15, 20 minutes of just constant uh, as he wiped out the a third of my retina in the right eye. Um, and it worked. You know, it did take time. Um, now, the vitrectomy is, um, it, it takes, well, it took about eight weeks for me to recover from that. I had to wear a pirate's um, patch and uh, couldn't drive, uh, had no depth of field. So um, walking towards a, uh, towards a curb was a real anxiety-inducing event because you don't realize how much you require both your eyes to figure out depth and then when you can step off the curb and, mm-hmm. or when you can step up the curb. And, um, Were and, you not allowed to drive because you had no depth of field? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I, I couldn't judge distance of a car in front of me. So, huh. oh. uh, you know, because your, your eyes allow you to do this. Yeah. Um, so... I work with a guy who has one eye, and I wonder how he finagled his license. Um, they will let you drive, but uh-huh. because I don't, it's not a permanent disability, uh-huh. I, I didn't have to relearn. Yeah, My yeah, brain didn't yeah, have to learn it. Um, I had a friend in high school who um, had a really bad wandering eye. Right. And the only thing that the, the MVA required him to have was a driver's side mirror. I guess it all comes down to how used to it you are yeah and how accustomed to living with it you are right huh. right exactly um and so that wasn't something i was used to right um and it was um it was a disability for a while um now the interesting thing is after it started to heal mm-hmm. um, i could go into a completely dark room and see huh. because my eye my pupil was completely dilated hmm. because the nerve was numb from the surgery. Um, and literally, I could go into a closet and see clearly, which was neat. Um, and eventually, it comes back. Um, my pupils are not equal. And so when I go to the eye doctor or someplace where they're going to look at my pupils, I have to tell them that I've had a vitrectomy in my left eye, and it is sluggish. Um, otherwise, they think something's wrong. And, um, really freaked the people out at the eye doctors where I had it done. They had optometry students and things, and they were always like, them see you first. And, and I, I, I always knew it. They are like, oh, we'll be right back. I know what this is. They're going to tell somebody that my eyes are sluggish and that there's something wrong. And they come back in and they like, yeah, we're really concerned about your left eyes. It's normal. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Dr. Wong, he knows about it. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a problem. Um, so the vitrectomy is the last step. If you, you need a vitrectomy, you need to have it uh, because they're trying to save your vision. Now, the, there's no guarantee that any of the therapies are going to um, make your vision better. They're just going to save it. Um, my vision has gotten worse since the vitrectomy and since the PRPs. Uh, I'm not blind. I have buku artifact in mm. both my eyes. In the middle? All over. Mm. So I have, uh, I have strings in the left eye. I have 
you know, right eye, left eye strings, uh, and they do this, and I'm kind of doing squid things or um, man of war. If you think mm -hmm. about a man of war in the water, that's what I see in my left eye, and my right eye is uh, a blanket of spots. Mm. Um, now combine those two together, mm. uh, and I mean I've gotten used to it, and I can see pretty well. Um, I do have some um, field of vision loss, uh, which they do check when like I go. Like a tunnel? Uh, no, I actually have spots of, of areas that I can't oh, okay. see. And they're just tiny spots. They don't affect my ability to function, to drive, and, and all that. Um, but like I may be reading, or at church, when I do um, the song leads, um, I have to learn the words which is really bad because I don't know the words. Not my kind of music. Um, and, I, and I say that because I grew up in a, in a high Episcopal church. Mm -hmm. And I go to a Christian church, which is kind of like revival music. We didn't sing that kind of music. And so I don't know those songs. Um, but if I look at the music, there will be points where a word disappears. It's not there. And when you're anticipating what the next word is and it's not there, man, you stumble. <laughs> um so they, they always check my, my field of vision um, to, to make sure I'm still seeing everything that I need to see. Um, my central vision is good, uh, which is, you know, that means my macula is healthy. Uh, so people that actually um, develop that macular edema and don't get it treated um, will lose that central vision. They have peripheral vision, but they can't see anything in front of them. So... Um, you know, it's really important that uh, you you get your things um, in order. You you go and get that retinal eye exam every year. Um, so I know that um, WalMarts, some WalMarts that have um, optical studios that have the eye doctors there, um, also have uh, there. I think you know, I can't think of the name of it, but um, it's it's a camera. And it takes a dilated exam and then it digitally sends it off to an optometrist somewhere else in the country and they read it. So you don't even have to travel far, you know, because there are places, even the United States, where care is not close. Um, but you might have a Walmart that has this machine. Uh, and it's, you know, somebody reviews it, that's an optometrist. And then they report back, and if you need to see the ophthalmologist, then they tell you that, and then, then you have to go find the ophthalmologist. Um, but I think that that procedure at Walmart was like 50 bucks. Cheap. Yeah. Um, real cheap. Uh, so there's no excuse for, um, for not getting it done. If you can't afford it, the Lions Club will help you. All you have to do is contact your local Lions Club. That's one of their areas of charity is to prevent blindness in people with diabetes. Um, they have clinics that will see you for nothing. Um, and they'll hook you up with whatever you need um, as far as therapy. Uh, there might be some cost involved for you because sometimes they like you to have some buy-in. So there'll be a sliding scale or whatever, but if you truly can't afford it, there are programs that will get you treated. Um, but don't think because you're young or your vision is fine, you can see just great that you don't have retinopathy, especially if you've had diabetes for 10 or more years. 
uh, just the nature of diabetes by the fluctuating blood sugars. Um, even with an A1C of seven, that's still high for somebody who doesn't have diabetes. That, that fluctuating blood sugar will damage your um, microvasculature, which is your eyes and your kidneys. That's why we need to have those things checked routinely. We'll talk about uh, nephropathy uh, at a later date. Right now we're talking about retinopathy. Uh, so please just get that exam done once a year. Uh, it, it's a simple exam. Um, you probably need to get your eyes checked once a year anyway just for vision. Uh, and if you can get it in a one-stop one shop, go for that. Uh, but if not, seek out wherever you can to, to get that retinal exam. So it's the dilated retinal exam or the dilated fundal exam. Um, but check that out. Get your eyes um, checked because we don't want you to go blind. Um, and, and poor vision is better than no vision glasses and other therapies. So until we have a cure for diabetes, uh, we've got to take care of our bodies the best we can. And the best we can right now is to go and have all of those annoying exams and tests done uh, on a regular basis. So um, so the resources that I used, uh, if you want to learn more, um, is the American Academy of Ophthalmology, as well as the WILLS, uh, W-I-L-L-S-I Hospital. Both of those are available online. Um, there's a lot of other good uh, sites out there, but those are the ones that I found that had the um, most succinct definitions that I could um, pass on to you all. So again, that's the American Academy of Ophthalmology and the Wills Eye Hospital. Uh, of course, don't forget about the American Diabetes Association's website, um, diabetes.org. Um, Tish, you got anything? No, I learned a lot. I didn't know a lot about this. At all, really, because I've never had to experience it, so I've never right. had to research it. Um, but I learned a lot. Good. So make you uh, think differently the next time you have to have that dilated exam. Yes, yeah. definitely. Okay, cool. Trev, you got anything? Uh, speaking of vision, we got a beautiful Albuquerque sunset just outside the window. Oh, yes, we do. And a note to any oh. listeners... Those sounds that you've been hearing are Tisha stress doodling like a madman. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Putting in my pen, bad habit. I do it too. Um, all right. Alrighty. Well, we uh, we're gonna close this episode out. We uh, look forward to you coming back. Please like and share wherever you found this uh, episode. Share it with your friends, uh, those that are or aren't type, type 1, uh, so that those that aren't can learn a little more about what's going on with you, perhaps, and those that are, maybe they don't know these things themselves. So please uh, share them. Uh, like us on whatever podcast uh, venue you use, and um, we will see you again next week. Adios. Bye. Thank you.